Yes, back again with another one, No Chase Film Society, the podcast. I am Chris Ali. This is No Chase Film Society, and uh, we're glad to have you here with another one. Um, and as you can see in the title that you clicked on, today it's a, uh, it's a, it's a special one, man. It's a special one. But before we get into that, I got to uh, give the floor to... The OTS head honcho, the man, as always, helping me with this conversation thing. Big Derek, what's good? Everything's good, bro. Just a little tired, that's it. <laughs> it's a good yeah. good exhaustion, though. <laughs> It'd be like that, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is one of them conversations that's going to uh, gonna wake us up, though. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> we should, we should sure. have some, some, some spirited dialogue with this one, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. The latest Spike Lee joint on Netflix right now, The Five Bloods, uh, came out this year. Is uh, our feature presentation conversation. So you know how we do with that. That'll be coming up a little later. But actually, what we're going to do, we're going to do something a little different because we've been gone for a minute. You know, so we're, uh, you know, we, we got we got some things we're doing with the show on a different level. You know, we're going to handle, normally we have, the um, the compare notes conversation with Derek and I chop it up about you know various things we various things we've watched or uh, you know whatever's going on in in the world of, of film, but um, you know we're gonna do it a little bit different today, just a little bit different this time. You know this this won't be every episode, but we're gonna change it up and we're gonna dedicate uh, the first part of of the podcast, the first part of our conversation. It's going to be dedicated to uh, Mr. Spike Lee in general. You know, we're going to, we're going to have a little dialogue about his work. Awesome. Um, you know, just, just, just in a general context. Um, I will say this. This won't be a definitive conversation, of course. We're not going to probably, we're probably not going to touch on every one of Spike's films in the first part of this conversation. But just as we... Um, are in the process of doing that because some of you have already seen we, we've launched a, a little sub uh, series sub podcast so to speak to No Chase Film Society where we, we're doing something called the filmography so the first one we started was uh, Tupac and we got about what uh, about maybe four or five films ago we covered Gridlock yeah. so y'all, y'all probably heard that one and we got a, we, the rest of uh, Pac's films coming so that's one area of a, of, of a discussion when we want to cover each and every film of a particular artist or a particular, you know, actor or talent or whatever. Um, with that said, Spike Lee is definitely one of them. So y'all should look look out for that real soon. If we want to cover a filmography series on Spike Lee, this conversation kind of touches on something of that nature. You know, we want to just have a, a little, a little general, you know, roundabout, you know, easy breezy conversation, so to speak, on the work of Mr. Spike Lee. So uh, I want to open that up with this. And you know, with that said, mm-hmm. all right. So there, you know, before we went into the quarantine state and, you know, we you know, fell into a little sabbatical with the podcast for the last few months. I remember the last, uh, one of the last pods that we did, we, uh, well, at least I, not we, <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> I was pretty, I was pretty hard on Spike. You know, I think that might have been, the, the, if not the last one, the last podcast we did before we yeah. you know, kind of took a little break. And um, I, 
walked away from that, you know, kind of content that, you know, of what I said, but watching the five bloods, right. Mm-hmm. Made me revisit that criticism a little bit. And so that, I want to start with that. Okay. You know, I'll just open the conversation with, you know, I was a little disappointed with Spike. Going over, the, I, really, I've been disappointed with Spike, as I've said, you know, on this podcast before over the last few years. Right. right. Um, considering some of the stance he's taken, particularly with the stance on Bill Cosby, which you can go back and hear on the podcast. I think it's uh, maybe the Shutter Island uh, film. I'm not sure, but one of the podcasts uh, that we had earlier. You know, I mentioned my disappointment with particular position Spike Lee took on Bill Cosby, and I'll probably touch on that a little bit later in the discussion. Mm-hmm. But um, I do want to revisit the criticism that I gave, the last bit of criticism I gave on Spike, because I was a little angry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was a little angry. Um, but that's out of love, man, because yeah. I'm telling you, and I mentioned it on this podcast before, I'm going to mention it again tonight. Uh, or right now. Spike Lee inspired me, man, to love film in a way that I don't think I would have uh, obtained or or approached if he didn't exist. Right. If I didn't encounter him. You know, he gave me a concept of filmmaking and him being a black man gave me a a, a ambition, you know, for, for filmmaking that I don't see in any way I would have had if I did not see his uh, his classic film, Malcolm X. Right. You know, I'm going to sit here and say, if I haven't said it before, Spike Lee's a goddamn genius, man. Mm-hmm. He is, when, when you mention filmmaking, it's only a couple of people you can mention and say genius. You know, it's not yeah. a whole lot. In my judgment, of course, that's a broad conversation. Yeah. But in my judgment, there's only a couple of people you can mention when you're talking about a cinematic genius. Martin Scorsese, uh, Scorsese is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Spike Lee is another. You know, those are two words off the top of my head that I can mention that I speak a lot of on this on this podcast. Yeah. But Spike Lee, man, is without question, without question, the most prolific uh, and, and I would say just just consistently thought-provoking filmmaker we've had in a, a long time, in, in at least in my generation. Um, definitely as far as a Black, you know, if you're a Black man, if you yeah. want to break it down as far as, you know, Black uh, filmmakers, without question, the greatest Black filmmaker to ever live. I don't uh, think that can be disputed. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty, that's, at least it's debatable, right? Yeah. Yeah. So with that said, man, um, I want to just get your feedback. I don't want to dominate this. I'm going to give the floor to you. But just saying that my last approach to Spike Lee, I I don't want it to be doc because all this shit is documented. This shit is not going anywhere, right? <laughs> so I don't want it to be documented in, in a in a in a sense, in a in a final sense, so to speak. Right. That um did I have any animosity or, you know, or any, any uh, hatred, so to speak, for uh, uh, for Spike Lee? I was dis- disappointed in him, and I'm still disappointed in him in many right. respects. Right, right. But I acknowledge, and Five Bloods kind of sobered me up a little bit from whatever emotional stance I was as far as his 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 uh, his personal 
positions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this film sobered me up from that and, and put me in a solid place to say that Spike Lee is a master storyteller and a ahead of his time in many ways and a trailblazer in many ways and uh, just just deserving of, of, of all respect that, that he's starting to get now. You know what I mean? I know it can be said, uh, his position in life and whatever personal politics, whatever personal, you know, uh, affiliations he has that we that we know and some don't know about may have helped aid his his his, his success. I believe that. You know, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a uh, naive man when it comes to these things. You know that he's definitely somebody that has a desire for Hollywood that 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 is that I find uncomfortable. You know. Yeah. Um. But he's gifted, and um, his gift has made room for him. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, some of the decisions, and we'll get into this later on, I guess, but some of the decisions he's made um, as a, as far as the statements he's made as an individual have caused me to have conflicted relationships with his movies. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I, can't, I can't deny the man. He's a phenomenal filmmaker. He's one of the greatest voices of all time. Um, when certainly uh, the greatest black filmmaker that ever got behind the camera. He's told our stories with, with, um, with, with, with great, with great dedication to, uh, to, uh, to authenticity and uh, our experience, you know? Yeah. So that's my, that's my, that's my take on Spike. He's a, he's, a, he's inspiration to me. I'm frustrated with him, you know, in many ways, but you know, that's life. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're not going to, you're not going to agree with everyone on everything, you know? Uh, so I think there's, there's different things that even as someone that you look up to in film, um, there's going to be things that you disagree with or don't like that they do. Um, but that doesn't diminish the respect you have for them. I, I haven't seen all of his films um i've seen a good chunk of them Mm -hmm. um but every one of them that i've seen i have i've been intrigued at the at the least i've been intrigued by what i was watching but i've watched most of his old school stuff like mo better blues he got game um what, what else i know malcolm x uh red hook summer those those films I, I, I watched. Um, so I, 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 I don't have a problem with, with, with Spike overall. I think there's things that I disagree with him on as well, or that he's uh, kind of been like a disappointment as well for me. Um, but um I think overall, he like he said, he's a genius. You, you, there's nothing you can deny about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's nothing you can deny. Yeah. When, about you, when you put him behind the camera, there's 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 few, few in the class of Spike Lee. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a small small list of people. Yeah. That you can mention as far as the genius, or uh, that 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 share the genius status yeah. that Spike Lee has. Yeah. Um, so you know you can't take that from them, but let's let's talk about a couple of things that since you've opened up the conversation in in, in that direction, mm-hmm. let's talk about a couple of things that let's because you mentioned disappointment and that's that's something that uh 
that I, that's a word that I would agree with. That's a term that I would that I would apply as well. Disappointment. Um, what 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 do you see as an area of disappointment you found in Spike Lee? Um. Well, when he was going at at Tyler Perry, that whole thing was kind of. Um, I I understood a little bit of where he was coming from. Um. But again, like like we've talked about this before, I, I'm I'm not big on a lot of stuff that Tyler Perry puts out. Mm-hmm. Um, what he what he's done in in uh, Hollywood is uh, you can't deny how great it is um, in terms of setting up a, a studio, especially one of that magnitude. Um, I I kind of wanted to see Spike uh, take him under his wing a little bit, I guess. Um, I can't remember what their whole issue was, though. But- uh, it was something in relation to uh, some criticism Spike had with with Tyler Perry's depictions of okay. black people. Um, which, which I think we all have those criticisms of his work, right? Right. So I don't, I don't have anything against him saying that that um, about his work. I just, I would have preferred um, something like that. I think I would have preferred him do that behind the scenes. Um, yeah. Yeah, because that wasn't that wasn't necessary to do in uh, in in public like that, right? Um, especially when you're talking about a black man in Hollywood talking to another black man in Hollywood. That that to me, you know, you're already the 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 minority anyway. Like mm-hmm. that that I want. I just wanted to see them uh, band together and and conquer, you know, um, like kings. That's what I wanted to see. Um, which I think they still could do something together. I think I think they could still still do some work. I don't think that that door is ever closed. Um, but that one I think was probably. I don't the- want a Spike Lee Tyler Perry collaboration. I, I don't know what that look, what that baby would look like. I I don't either. I don't. Either. I don't want no. I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't encourage that. But I I will say this. Um. I didn't have a problem with Spike's criticism of Tyler Perry in, in many respects, as far as what he said, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I kind of identify with it. Um, I definitely identify, but that's because that's, that's there's a bias in that, I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. I identify with Spike Lee's uh, brand or language of cinema over Tyler Perry's any day, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, don't, me too. I don't even put them in the same category, yeah. all right? But I think the issue I did have where I think you and I have talked about this before at some point. The issue I did have with Spice criticism is that, you know, dude, you could have been Tyler Perry, though. You know, Easy. like you're sitting up here criticizing him, and this man's actually done something that you should have done 35 years ago. Easy. You know, that's just my opinion. Now, if he does, he obviously, he, I would assume he had that ambition. I mean, he had a studio. You know, but I I don't know. It's just that with the reputation that Spike has earned, now this this is from the mouth of people who worked with him, far in far more closer capacity than I, than I can ever dream of. Mm-hmm. Um, we talking about Denzel Washington. I think um, 
Oh yeah. Maybe uh, I forgot it. The Clifton Powell had some pretty real strong criticism. Y'all YouTube that Clifton Powell, the actor Clifton Powell, mm -hmm. um, who was in another great movie that was uh, related to the one we're going to talk about tonight, Dead Presidents, um, that I'm going to mention a little bit later on. But yeah, Clifton Powell, uh, check him out on YouTube as far as Spike Lee criticism. He had some real strong criticism against Spike. And one criticism against him that kind of puts him in a bad place to criticize Tyler Perry is that he doesn't really, he's not very generous towards actors as far as on the money, on the money conversation is concerned. You know, Spike isn't. Spike isn't. Okay. Yeah. And kind of like Tyler is, is has that same criticism. Right. Know. Oh yeah. But um it's just it's just sad that you know that 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 these conversations have to come up when we talk about our own. Yeah. You know, but as far as Spike is concerned, man, um I believe that just as Denzel said, Denzel Washington is another one. I mean, he was somewhat joking when uh he was presenting Spike with his honorary Oscar, but he said it himself, Spike don't pay, you know. So that leads that leads me to believe that you know if it maybe <clears throat> excuse me my bad I'm just trying to take my throat you got um maybe Spike um you know has interests more individual in nature than the broader picture as in creating a, uh, some bigger and broader legacy wise. Institutionalized yeah. in filmmaking that he could do. Right. You know, I mean, he's given his time to NYU. He's a tenured professor, you know, that as he likes to bring up. Yep. And, you know, he, he's he's helping to establish their institution as far as the people that's coming through that basic institutional, uh, you know, whatever, as far as filmmaking is concerned. But he's not. He hasn't done that as far as I'm concerned, you know, in, in my judgment, in a strong enough place um, as to say a Tyler Perry had. So he, right. uh, he he didn't really have room to criticize Tyler Perry when it came to to that in my in my judgment. But hey, you know, I, from what I understand, they worked that out. That shit is squash. We talking about some some older shit in actuality. Mm -hmm. Because from what I understand, they did come together and kind of iron that out, you know, with the help of Oprah Winfrey or some shit. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah, well, see, like, and I, I think that I think Tyler would benefit greatly from um, from working with Spike in terms of writing because of the fact that, like you said earlier, Spike is a magnificent storyteller. Um, he doesn't. His pace is is really good. He doesn't rush his movies uh he doesn't rush the story and it's it's well developed well well thought out um and, and that's something that i think tyler could um he would greatly benefit from from spike in that sense um of just going ahead and and working with him in writing uh, because of the fact that his it's Tyler's writing, man, I, we I don't want to get into that whole tangent, but that's yeah. something that yeah we're gonna we're gonna take it easy on Tyler. But what what um but what I what I'm gonna stick to what I was, I'm saying earlier though. I don't want to see no kind of spike 
Tyler collaboration. <laughs> unless Spike, unless Tyler's just gonna drop a bag of money on Spike to do what he wants to do. Outside well, of see, that, that's that's what I, I think. Don't want to see no collab, no creative. I, I don't know what that kid would look like. I I, I don't mean. either. But I I I the way I'm thinking about it, Spike would be. He would he would run point on that, right? Like it would it would be Spike's project. But I think Tyler couldn't work with Oprah. You think he can work with Spike Lee? No, I don't. I I, yeah, I just so let's, I just leave that alone. Man. I don't, want don't. I want to see Tyler. Right, better. Well, let that be your wet dream. Man. Okay, but I don't <laughs> I don't want no parts of that. Um, but you you mentioned some earlier though. I want to talk about. Let's explore some earlier because you said uh, you haven't seen all the Spike stuff. Right. I, I believe I think it's safe to say I have. You know, we're about to see though. We're gonna kind of do like a. You're not gonna hit everyone. We're gonna do like a quick touch on, on all the Spikes movies, right? Right. right, like, right. I, I'm looking at his IMDb, and according to this, he's like 93 films strong as a director. Now, let me let me make sure that, but he has 93 credits as a director. Spike has 93 as a director. As a director, you Jesus. know, and that's 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 primarily what he is as, as a filmmaker. So uh, we're just gonna go with that. But we're going to touch a few of them, all right? We're going to go to this early stuff because I personally believe in, uh, I guess, what I call the first five, so to speak, you know, mm -hmm. of Spike, which is, uh, we'll probably say, she's got to have it in there. School days, that's two. Do the right thing, that's three. Mo Better Blues, that's four. Jungle Fever, that's five. Now, actually, we can take She's Gotta Have It out of that. That's that first five. We'll do that. Okay. Take She's Gotta Have It Out. We'll come back to that in a separate country. That's his, that's his first film, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, his, his first feature man. But the essential five for Spike, the first five, would be School Days, actually. Do the Right Thing. Mo Better Blues, Jungle Fever, and Malcolm X. And I think of those five, I've only... That's the essential spike. I'm going to go with that and say that's the essential spike. Too. Jungle Fever, I think, is the only one I have not seen. Mm. Of those five, I think that's the only one I haven't seen. The other ones, I think I, I either watched in film school or right before film school. You missing out. On Jungle Fever? Out. Yeah. Hey, we can yeah. cover it on the episode. I'm, I'm down with it. Well, we'll get around to all the Spike stuff. Like I said, I I, I want to do a film, uh, a, a full podcast, like we plan on doing with Pop, right? Do, right, right, Spike, right. We're going to discuss every film Pop did. That's only like, what, five or six? Yes, sir. We got a whole lot of shit to, <laughs> to, to cover with Spike. But I do want to take on the test, man. You know, it may take a couple of years. I don't know. But I, I do want to take the time <laughs> of covering every film and, and doing a discussion on every film and uh, or major film or whatever feature length joint in, in Spike's filmography. Yeah, yeah, I'm down with it. And as far as do the right thing is, excuse me, as far as Jungle Fever is concerned, that's uh, that's essential. That's yeah. essential. Spike you know, dealing with race uh, and sexuality, you know, Spike likes to touch likes to touch on that sexuality. You know, mm -hmm. those type things. And he kind of gets into it from a race point of view, really kind of ahead of his time, as always, with, with a lot of his stuff. 
you know, it kind of touched on stuff that was that was um, that wasn't mentioned really at that time, like it was, you know, in in later times. Right. So um, yeah, that was uh, Wesley Snipes. I think that was one of his first starring uh, starring collaborations. You know, with Wesley Snipes. I can't remember what the uh, the other actress who played the white love interest. She's an Italian actress. Uh, from uh, had a had a big role in uh, Sopranos. Oh, really? Yeah, she was one of Tony's women in Sopranos. So that's where I remember her from. That's a show I gotta get into. Seeing this, you know, classic Samuel Jackson, <laughs> classic Ruby D, uh, D, classic Ozzy Davis. I mean, you know, it was just Spike in in Spike's glory in that one, man. Halle Berry, you know, broke out in that one. I think that was her first role, her first uh, appearance. In a major film, Jungle she played. Fever. Yeah, wow. She she was uh one of uh, Sam Jackson's crack holes. <laughs> it was a, a fine crack hole too. She really didn't pull it off that well. She pulled it <laughs> off okay, but she was still a fine ass crack hole for for, for she was fine for a crack hole. I'll say it like that. Fine as hell for a crack hole. Uh. She played the crack hole well, role okay. <laughs> She did the crack. She was crack hoeish, yeah. But she wasn't a crack hoe in my judgment. You know, scale of one to for an early film for a first for a first uh, <laughs> first time shot at it. You know, as a crack hoe, it was Halle Berry. You know? Yeah, it was still Halle Berry, but you know, it was it was pretty. That's a a noteworthy uh, part of that film. Though. Um, that's big, uh, Veronica Well. I think a pretty big model at the time. And I believe she was Spike's uh, girlfriend or something like that. But, you know, she had a pretty significant part. You know, she was in it. Decent, you know, a little decent part, whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, good movie, man. Jungle Fever, a uh, great movie. I recommend that one. <clears throat> I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, let's drop your seats. But you said you have seen School Days, right? Yeah, I, I I barely remember the movie though. I saw that. Um, <clears throat> I think that was one of those films that I watched for um, for my class, my uh, film class. I think that's one I watched. I know Mo Better oh, yeah. was one. Yeah, yeah, we had a very interesting film class. Yeah, School Days was a, uh, I believe, a film that was his. Um, I guess you could say his first studio. You no. Know, Effort with the with the with the big studio money. Yeah, you know, shot here in Atlanta at uh, Morris Brown College. They wouldn't let him shoot that shit at Morris. That's you know, right. I think when they read the script, they was like, "No." I mean, it was a good movie. You know, yeah. I'm not saying it's shit by no means. It was, a, it was it was a great movie, but you know, it had some parts to it that a little you know make it a little dated now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I'm not really into the whole his approach it kind of it kind of had to had the energy of a musical okay and um and you know i'm turned off by musical musicals don't really appeal to me speaking of musicals man i tried to watch hamilton mm. a few weeks ago because we were supposed to do it for realish my god i couldn't watch that yeah. I, I got like 20 minutes into it and i was just like i'm i'm like i'm good well, Spike likes musicals, though, from, from what he said. You know, he wants to do a musical. I think he's got something coming up. Um, really? 
that's kind of like also in the in the area of a musical. So that's his. That's something like he grew up wanting to do, and his mom exposed him to that kind of stuff. That would so, be interesting. I yeah. think I, I would. I would watch that just to support him. It's a production, actually. I was just reading about it because I was reading a little bit about Spike for this conversation. Uh-huh. You know, just his, whatever. You know, because he's in the new. He's in the news lately. I mean, he's he's on. He's he's kind of in a in a in a resurgence of some you know some kind. You know, and there's a you know a lot out here talking about him. And uh, one of the articles that I came across was uh, mentioning that he has something in production coming up. Uh, I want to say this year. Yeah, this year. It's in post-production, uh, American Utopia, which is a documentary, but it's a film. It's a concert film, so to speak, or some Broadway play. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I've never heard, never heard of it, but <clears throat> he's um, he's pretty versatile, man, you know, and, we, and we're seeing it in work like this. And School Days was uh, somewhat in the neighborhood of a musical, I would say. Okay. You know, I mean, it wasn't you know directly one, but with the with the uh, with the frat stuff, you know, the stepping and all that stuff that came. I mean, the college, the college culture he portrayed. You know, yeah. He did it in a, in a in a fashion that made it look like a musical. Yeah. Or came off in the, in the tone of that. So that was my approach to it. But it's it's definitely one of his best. You know, it's early Spike. So you know, you get what you get from that. Do the right thing. I know you saw that one. Yeah, you know that's that's legendary. Yeah, that's that's definitely legendary. That was that was again I, like a lot of the stuff I really don't know. At least the ones the films that I've watched of his, I I haven't seen him actually miss. Well, can't even say that. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm saying from what I've seen. Yeah. I, I do, but yeah. Uh, I haven't seen a miss. Maybe something that I might not really, really, really like, but I still can't consider it a miss, though. Red Hook Summer? Oh, man. You said you saw that, though, right? That's one of the ones you yeah. mentioned that you saw. I think, I think that was the, that was like one of the first ones that I've seen. Yeah, I think Red Hook probably is the worst movie he did. That's the worst he ever did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if he... I got to watch that one again. It stars uh, the, the dude that's in uh, Five Bloods. That we're gonna yeah. talk about in a minute. Um, he's he's one of the one of the stars in it. Very uncomfortable role for him. Uh, uh, for I, I should say to watch a very odd performance. But um, yeah, I gotta watch that again. Yeah, definitely not one of his best. Definitely not one of his best, man. But he said he shot it, you know, out of some. He was in a certain place at the time. I remember reading, you know, reading a little bit about it. He said he shot it. Uh, and I'm just paraphrasing what I recall of it. But he was in a place where he just was ready to shoot. You know, he wanted to tell a story. So he said, "Fuck it." I think he got some kind of uh, he uh, camcorder type shit he bought uh, at a store somewhere and just just went to shooting some shit. And he, it definitely uh, rang of that. You know, it, it, it came off like that on screen. Real thrown together piece of work. You know, it's a disappointment for him, for, yeah. for a cat like Spike Lee. But, you know, it, it's, it's in the filmography, so. Um, another one I would say is not one of his best, I would say he missed on, um, was that 
uh, what's that? Blood of Jesus, Sweet Blood of Jesus. You didn't see that one. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah, that that one came out. Uh, when did that one come out? Uh, oh, She Hate Me. I'm looking for Sweet Blood of Jesus that came across that one. Did you see that one? No, I didn't. Yeah, she hate me came out in two thousand and four. That's that's one. That's another one that uh, was a little bit. I don't know. You know that was that was that was a different spike. The sweet blood of Jesus came out in two twenty fourteen. Though that is up there with, uh, in my judgment, um, Red Hook song as as one of his worst too. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, it was some kind of remake of a uh, black exploitation horror film. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, like I said, Spike just needed something to do. It, he didn't, it wasn't much done with that. He didn't do much with that. But you know, yeah, I'm, man. You know who I would have loved to have seen him do, uh, <clears throat> do a horror film? Who's that? Rudy Ray Moore. And explain how that would go there. I don't know. I was just waiting for <laughs> to have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just, you just being an asshole. No, I'm honestly not. I, because I love his energy. I, I loved his energy. It was, it was, it was a really. Um, he was really ambitious. So I, I would have loved to have seen what he would have done with that. Never know. Never know. But I guess, uh, but that that one with Spike, that would have been kind of in the heart. That was his his attempt at horror. Um, was it scary G. or was it just like? Just that bad that it didn't do anything. Uh, it, it was just, it was just kind of docile, man. If I can I use know. it, it was. Yeah, I, I don't recall. I know he was in it. That was one of the movies he actually made an appearance in, because he hadn't been doing that a whole lot lately. You know, he did it a lot in his early career. That's what he did. He started in his own films and yeah. had an acting contribution. But you know, that was one of the ones he, one of his latter ones, later ones that he act, actually acted in. Um, Pretty small role, but it wasn't. It's not much talk about about that movie, man. You know, it's some. Uh, it's, it's some. It's about. It's re re related to African spirituality. This doctor who was an archaeologist or something. Mm. Uh, I think that's what he was, archaeologist. He came across some African um, dagger or some shit, and the dagger was haunted. And if you got stuck with the dagger, <laughs> some. Uh, uh, cannibal shit, I guess, went down with you. I mean, it, it just, it just wasn't a, <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't a, you know, a Spike Lee statement. In yeah. It. it was just a movie. You could tell it was just a movie he was doing because he had the opportunity to make a movie. And it's something he was familiar with and he gave him an opportunity to be a filmmaker. You know, nothing wrong with that, but, yeah. you know, there was nothing in the story worth walking away with. Um. Going going to another one though uh, you probably haven't seen is uh, she hate me now, that was an interesting movie weird movie weird as hell but um, did you catch that one no nah, I haven't yeah check that one out uh, that's uh what's good, my guy's name the dude uh, Mackie Anthony Mackie Kerry Washington oh really um, yeah yeah Ellen Barkin's in it. Pretty good movie. I think that's one of Ozzy Davis' last roles. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, Mackie plays uh, John Henry 
Armstrong, looking at the IMDb. He's a, a guy in a relationship with Kerry Washington and some kind of way um, they break up. And uh, he go, he falls on bad times. He, he's a pretty successful, uh, I don't know what, he works for a pharmaceutical company or something like that. And um, he's pretty successful in what he, what he does, but he loses his job, falls on bad times. He ends up losing his girl or has lost his girl at some point in the process. And uh, he ends up getting pimped out for, uh, for for lesbians to screw lesbians to get them pregnant, lesbians who want a baby, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna check this one out. Yeah, Kerry Washington is actually <laughs> pimping them out for his sperm. It's, it's an interesting movie, man. It's weird as hell. I'm not gonna say it's a good movie, <laughs> but it's um it's Spike, man. You know, it, it's kind of. It, it, it's, it's a weirded out spike, kind of what he did. You know, I, I really never even really seen Girl Six, right? I think I might have saw scenes of Girl Six, but I never sat down and I own it too. I own pretty much all the Spike shit, I believe. Oh, but really? that's just one of the ones. I, yeah, I think pretty much, pretty much, maybe one or two I'm off with. But I definitely own Girl Six. It's still in the plus because it's just um, I just remember the first the, a couple of scenes I've seen of it when it came out was just a weird ass movie. And you know, Spike will weird you out sometimes, and uh, and uh, she hate me was definitely weird old Spike. But um, you know, it's it's experimental to some extent. I would say it's worth checking out. Just check it out, man. You did, yeah. I think the last podcast we discussed, you ventured into the Brokeback Mountain zone. You can see a a, a black man bone like <laughs> impregnate a. a, a <laughs> A gang of lesbians, because that's what you're gonna get pretty much out of this one. Um, hey, I'm intrigued, man. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll definitely find that and, and watch it. Yeah, she hate me. I think it's a pretty. It's not an easy movie to find. I, I got that one too. I might let you borrow it. Okay. I don't know if that's an easy one to find. Check it out, though. Look it up. I'll do that. I'll look, do that. Look, look, let me know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, we just we just kind of just kicking around Spike's filmography. Like I said, we're going to bamboozle. That's another one of his, that's one I will say is understated. That's one of his understated good ones. I definitely have not seen that one. You got to see Bamboozle, man. Bamboozle kind of had the vibe of what Red Hook Summer had. It was just better. Oh, really? You know, yeah, he kind of... Um, you know, shot that I think with some with with a with a, with a in a guerrilla style kind of format as well. But uh, it was actually good. Tommy Davidson, uh, Damon Wayans, the uh, tap tap dancing dude, a real popular tap dancer. I miss his name. Let me see. Terry Crews. No, Terry Crews. Come on, man. It's off. Not that kind of tap dancing. <laughs> no, he's, this is actually a. Oh, you talking about uh, uh, Glover. Yeah, Jada Pinkett Smith. I forgot she was in this movie. Yeah, good movie, man. One of his understated. What's my man? He always plays the, the racist motherfucker, the white boy. Uh, Michael um, Rappaport. Michael Rappaport. Yeah, he's in it. Oh, yeah, Paul Mooney's in it. Yeah, Paul Mooney's in it. Yeah, he's got a small role in it. But okay. yeah, Paul Mooney's in it. It's a good movie, man. Okay. That's one of his best. That's one of his most understated movies. You know what I mean? Uh, bam, uh, uh, what was I just mentioned? Uh, Bamboozle. Blood of Jesus or whatever is, uh -huh. is one of his worst. Uh, Red Hook Summer is one of his worst. 
this one is one of his best, I would say. And it's one of his most understated as well. Okay. I'll, I'll yeah. definitely check that out, too. Yeah. yeah, strong social commentary from Spike on that one. Um, like we just we just kicking around, man. We just kicking around, man. What's the what's what's one that we could we could uh, we could throw out real quick? I'm, I'm looking at it. Like I said, this this man is ninety something strong. With with him, Crooklyn. Have you seen that one? That's one is one no. that came after Malcolm X. That's, he followed Malcolm X with Crooklyn. Yeah, that was a freak. That's that's one of his weaker ones, though. You know. Uh, that's that's me. He's, is when he lost steam from the first five. Those first five I mentioned earlier. I think he lost a little steam with Crooklyn, but that wasn't his script. That was his sister's script. She wrote that. Ah uh, man. Okay. Yeah. So, Brad, uh, that's also uh, my bad. I'm smoking a cigar while we doing this. Oh no, you good, man? Yeah, um, <laughs> but um. That's Delroy Lindo in that one. And that's a real good one. That's a real, that's a real good performance from him in that one. He's because this film is kind of autobiographical to Spike's life. Crooklyn? Yeah. Okay. It's got an autobiographical tone because it's written by his sister. So you get, you know, uh you get little little clues or whatever uh into his into his life. Mm -hmm. Delroy Lindo plays a character that's uh kind of playing off his real life father. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think you'll like this one, man. It's it's it's, it's one of those family-oriented films that you like. You like, you know, you you tend to like the the good, clean Christian fun type stuff. So, <laughs> what makes you say that? I'm just messing with you. Man. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, man. But uh, no, it's a good one, though. It's 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 got a good family, good strong family story, though. I think you'll yeah. draw you'll be drawn to this one. Hey, man. If uh, actually. No joke, some, a movie like that that I did enjoy that we watched was Uncle Buck. I, I, I was thinking about that the other day. That was one that was uh, that happy family type of thing that was still hilarious as hell. So I, I, I do enjoy I do enjoy those movies. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah you'll like Crooklyn, man. You'll like Crooklyn. Um, he Got Game, I know you called that one, bro. Yeah, man, that was that. Uh, I need to watch that again. I haven't watched that one in a few That's years. That's another state one. I put that up there with yeah. uh, Bamboo. So he doesn't get enough credit for that movie. So you said you said earlier the ones that you the first five you listed were his five that he was best known for. Which are the, your top five that you like personally? Man, I gotta say the top five is his first five. You know, the first five that, that that he came out the gate with. You know, okay. that kind of established Spike Lee to the world, which was um, because I remember she's gotta have it. Like I said, that was '86, so as I, I was, like I said, I was kind of young for for see she's gotta have it. Um, I remember being around it. Um, the baby, baby, please type shit. They came out of that, and the Michael Jordan, uh, you know, phenom. Mm -hmm. Um, part part of our culture was kind of really sprung off in many ways by this movie. Um, the Mars Blackman character and shit. That oh movie, really? Yeah, that that started with that movie. She's got to have it. So I do know that I have that relationship with it. But huh. School Days was like that feature length film that that he came out the gate with. That was his first big studio opportunity. 
Right. Um, and of course, you know, we just, we talked about that. I, I told you I felt about that. Do the Right Thing was a follow-up to that, a goddamn classic, Beyond Classics, a movie ahead of its time. I mean, we can talk about that. That movie deserves a podcast by itself. I don't even want to talk too much about that movie on this one because I know we're not going to be able to do it justice. Right, right, right. But, but that's just obvious. You know, Do the Right Thing is arguably one of the greatest movies ever made. Motherfuckers want to talk about Gone with the Wind and all this shit. You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, Casablanca, you know, that the, 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 those movies, you know, for their time or whatever, but in this era of life, all right, in this <laughs> in this dispensation of time, a, a movie like Do the Right Thing eats those movies up, man. You know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, Do the Right Thing, man. It's it's one of my favorites, obviously. Great, one of the greatest movies ever made. You know, was one of the biggest robberies of the Academy Award. Yeah. Well, Mo Better Blues was. I think that was one of my favorites from him. Mo Better Blues and Do the Right Thing. Those are my, those are definitely my top five for him. But more better follow, uh, follow do the right thing, you know. Like I said, that was Denzel again. Um, that was his uh, collaboration with Denzel before Malcolm X. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, what's his name? We just mentioned uh, Wesley Snipes. Not that I didn't know his name, I just had to recall it because he's a legend in the game. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bill, Bill Nye, you know, just classic stuff, you know. Yeah, from yeah. A, a, a lot of lessons in that movie, man, on how to, on how to handle, on how you handle your women. You want them dudes that like to, you know, be, be, be multiples with your ladies. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The More Better Blues is a movie you need to see. We, we might need to do an uh, uh, episode on that. Dude, it's like several Spike films we need to do yeah. an episode on. We might need to do that. Because he slapped someone with, a tr- with his trumpet, right? No, he got slapped with, he his, got trumpet. Slapped with his trumpet. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, he okay. was trying to look out for his boy, Spike. This is one of the uh, films Spike starred in. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah. his name was Spider. He played Spider, uh, the, the manager of the jazz, of, of uh, Denzel's group. Yeah, that's right. Jazz that's right. ensemble. Right. Yeah. Uh, with the gambling addiction, you know. But he was that friend that... Uh, that you carry along with you because you're loyal to him for the sake that he's your friend, even though he's, he's what's the word everybody like to use they toxic, that, that shit everybody <laughs> like to throw out. He was a toxic motherfucker. And, um, yeah. you know, but he was with a spike, but, uh, excuse me, Denzel, who Bleak, the great Bleak, yeah. was the character from this one, was dedicated to him. You know, he carried him in, in, in more ways than one. So the scene you're talking about was, was when, um, Spider's gambling debts came came up, caught up with him, and it was, uh, I know it was definitely Sam Jackson. He was one of the leg breakers, you know, one of the bookie yeah. motherfuckers that yeah. uh, was looking for the money. I forget the other one. Oh, Charlie Murphy. I can't forget that. Rest in peace to the, to the, to the great Charlie Murphy. So that was, uh, yeah, Sam Jackson and Charlie Murphy were the uh, leg breakers, you know, that was looking for Those the money. Those are two great choices, by the way. Man, Spike's cat. Let me tell you, bro. Let's deviate from for one second. Yeah. Man, Spike's ability to cast, Spike's eye and sensibility for casting is unmatched. Yeah. I mean, that, that. I mean, look at the look. That's that's proven by the people he's put on. Look at the careers that was sprung off from a Spike Lee film. You talking mm-hmm. about Halle Berry? 
Uh, you're talking about uh, what's the girl? Melia. I'm gonna I'm butcher her name. The helmet. Melia Jigoyevich. The girl played Underworld. I think. The Underworld. Oh, um, Milo. Damn it! I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, her. Yeah. Uh, John Totoro. I mean, I mean, many ways. Denzel Washington was kind of on the scene yeah, before Spike Lee, but Spike Lee's work propelled him. Um, in, in pretty phenomenal ways, uh, particularly with Mo Better Blues. You know, he, he, he had a relationship with Spike Lee's, Denzel Washington's relationship with black people, so to speak. I'll say it like that. Yeah. Is, is largely responsible for Spike Lee's work. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I can go on and on. Just, 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 just listing people that pretty much have established major phenomenal careers because of the work that they found through Spike Lee. So uh, going back, just just tying that back into Jungle Fever, you were talking about casting. I mean, that's just one of the things that that he 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 is underappreciated for. I believe is just the careers his work has uh, introduced. You know. But anyway, yeah, the scene you're talking about, yeah, he got the shit knocked out of him, man. That was uh that was Denzel Washington that got got smashed with his own trumpet, fighting the battle of his uh. His gambling addicted homeboy, which was uh, Spike's character. Spike. Yeah. Great movie, man. Y'all need to check that out if you ain't if you ain't up on that Mo Better Blue. That's definitely one of his best. But yeah, to answer your question, going back back again, mm-hmm. you know, to your uh, to your original question as far as the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, definitely without question, uh, school days. Do the right thing, more better blues. We gotta touch on that jungle fever, like we mentioned earlier. And if we could spend a little time on that fifth one, Malcolm X. That would be not only in the top five with me, as I just named, but that would be, of course, you know, without question, the greatest Spike Lee movie ever made. Oh he yeah. Made. Best oh, he yeah. ever did. Oh um, yeah. Um, I, I don't think anybody even expects him to top Malcolm X. You know. I, I really don't think it's necessary for anyone to try to make another biography of Malcolm X. Mm-mm. That was that's a hard one to follow. Not at all. That is the definitive movie for Malcolm X. We only see enough. Yeah, there are, certain, there are certain films just in general that I don't want to ever see touched. That's definitely one of them I don't want to see touched. Um I, I see Hollywood is in this space where they can't, um, for the last few years, they can't think of anything original. Not last few right. years, maybe the last decade or so. They're having a tough time of finding original stories because they're so closed off from bringing in people or, you know, changing the seats of power or whatever, whatever you want to say it is. Um, but the the rehashing of stories, like we discussed this in the last episode, the rehashing mm-hmm. of stories is is a big issue in Hollywood in general. Uh, but that's one I don't want to see. I, I I know because we're in this space now where uh, it's popular to discuss uh, black stories in film now. Mm-hmm. Um, Malcolm X just just because of how great that movie was doesn't need to be touched, but there are a plethora of, of, of black stories that have not been told that I would prefer to see overseeing a, 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 
a retelling. Right. You know what I'm saying? There are plenty of stories that, pe- that they can choose from, filmmakers can choose from uh, to do that we haven't even, we haven't seen the story on, on, on screen. Um, I know Harriet Tubman just came out this year, but, and I refuse to watch that. I can already tell you just based off what I, what I've heard from that film, I, they need to do a redo on that. If they're going to, if they're going to have a movie like that for Harriet Tubman. Yeah. That's one of those movies just based on what you hear about it. It can, it's, it's, it's you know, it's a turnoff. Yeah. Yeah. I agree I'm with you on that. that. Just some of the things I've heard about that damn movie. Yeah. I don't want to go nowhere near. <clears throat> not at all, and and it's it's sitting on HBO right now. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'll get. It, I'll get around to it when I'm. I'm never know. watching it. You know, but some of the things I've heard, yeah, I'm not excited at all about watching that. Yeah, I'm good on that. But uh, relating that to Spike, though, you know, is one thing that I just that he deserves credit on. He he uses history and fictional storytelling, so to speak, in in, in ways that. Are also unmatched. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, you could probably put him in the neighborhood with Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone's a lot more heavy-handed, I believe, than mm-hmm. than Spike is. Um, too too heavy-handed for my taste. But uh, but Spike, as far as history, you know, his use of history, his 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 uh, his recollection, you know, of history that that he articulates through film. Yeah. Um, those 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 things are unmatched, man. And we'll kind of touch on that a little bit with the with the Bob Bloods review, but but yeah, man, you know, I I I just wanted to kind of just go back and forth with you a little bit on on Spike Lee in general because this the movie we were about to discuss inspired that, you know, and I think yeah. it deserved a conversation a little bit. Oh yeah, that, no, I agree with that. You know that that. And some of the things I'm frustrated with, like I said, just to kind of get out of the way and, and attempt to state a little bit better, <laughs> you know. Um, like I said, I, I don't like his approach to, to Cosby, you know, like I mentioned on the podcast earlier uh, in a few episodes back, you know, he made some comments about how Cosby robbed him mm-hmm. of uh, the idea for a different world and um, I thought that was ridiculous. I thought that was a, a ridiculous shot to take at somebody or or, or even, yeah, it's just, just issue to raise with somebody that pretty much helped your career and, and facilitated uh, finance for one of your greatest films, mm-hmm. uh, film efforts that you ever did, you know? Yeah. So that bothered me right there, you know, as a, as a black man, one black man observing another black man's actions. Yeah. Um, we talked about the Tyler Perry shit. And, and the fact that Spike is a is an artist that screams at Hollywood and and demands for for Hollywood to provide him opportunities that he could very well provide for himself and other people, you know th- those things bother me. You know as far yeah. as Spike, so you know that that's the only thing I would say that that would put me in a in a conflicted place with Spike Lee. But as an artist, man, he's unmatched. And you know this movie that we're going to talk about now uh, coming up solidifies that point in my judgment. He's one of the best that ever did it. And you know, that's one that would look back and forth with you about him. So what what do you have to put out there about Spike, man, before I back up off this conversation? Whew. I, I, I think I said everything I needed to say about Spike. I, I I'm I'm again with there's some stuff that he's done or said that I I, I don't agree with. Um 
been disappointed by, but overall, I mean, he's a legend. I anyone that um doesn't think so um should not be discussing film. Right. That that's no, that's how I feel about it. It's it's he's one of those guys that you have to revere. Um you, you take you take your hat off to him and 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 show respect. That's he's one of the OGs. You know, especially in filmmaking, you know, if, if you're a filmmaker, that's one guy you have to study for sure. You have to study because um, he's one of the greats. So in your judgment, man, which which one are you, uh, you going to check out first? I don't want to say you hadn't seen because whatever one you pick, you're going to do a, do a little of the show on a little discussion on it. Jungle Fever. Let's talk about it. I gotta find. I, I can go for Jungle it. Fever again. It shouldn't be that hard to find. That's one of yeah. his. His probably it might be on uh because he's got a lot of stuff on Netflix right now. Oh, he's yeah, in yeah. Vogue right now, man. It's, it's Spike Lee every fucking where on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I I I'm I'm intrigued with watching that one for the simple fact that excuse me, I know uh, interracial relationships is something that's such a hot topic now. Um, again, I guess that's, that's, that's another one that that's come up. Um, I, especially cause what time we're in right now with black lives matter and all that stuff. I, mm. I, that's, that's one I think I would like to visit because I've, I've had, um, I've had some interesting conversations over interracial dating or relationships lately. And I think that's one I want to, I want to tackle. That's a good one to start with. That's a good yeah. one to start with. And, and it definitely uh, sparks some conversation that's still re- relevant today, as much as Spike Lee's work does. So, yeah, yeah. All right, well, we're going to do one. We're going to dedicate one to that, Jungle Fever. That's coming up. Y'all look for that. But um, yeah, man, yeah, as far as, as far as I'm concerned, I would leave y'all with this. Uh, essential Spike Lee uh, definitely uh, Malcolm X, that's a given. You got to see that. But as I mentioned earlier, and one that we, that's going to come right behind um, Jungle Fever eventually, check out Bamboozle. Okay. Yeah. Check yeah. out Bamboozle. That's, that's probably uh, one of his most understated films that is, is a part of his best work. And another one would probably be 20, uh, 25th Hour, I believe it's called. Um, 25th hour or something like that. It's one of his, his films that really doesn't have a black cast. Okay. It may be one uh, black person or person of color, as they would say, which is Rosario Dawson. She's in that. But it stars Edward Norton. Oh, okay. That's okay. another one. 25th hour. Came out in 2002. I, w- I would leave uh, you and, you know, the society with that one. Check out those, man, as far as understated Spike Lee movies, some interesting stuff that, that Spike doesn't really get talked about as much as he should for those, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely check that out. But uh, segueing, we're going to go into a trailer for this new one he, that he came out with this year. Uh, it's exclusive on Netflix. This, to me, um, I would say it like this. Spike's been throwing up a lot of bricks lately, man. All right. Um, Including Black Klansman? Yes, I didn't like uh, Black Klansman. I oh, think okay. that was overrated. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, overrated. And uh, just to talk about that a little bit, and we probably can get around to this later because I want to get into five bloods, but the biggest distraction to me, and this is just me, but the biggest issue I had was a personal issue with um, John David Washington. And I just I just couldn't help but hear the, the, the energy or the tone of <laughs> Denzel Washington. Yeah. His performance. I heard his dad in his performance. If you close your eyes, you really hear Denzel Washington. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's because that's his son, of course, and that's <laughs> genetics and shit. He can't help that. I get it. Maybe yeah. I can deal with that in another movie. But this being the first film I really ever saw, I didn't really watch him in Ballers. I know that's what I was about to ask you. I, I've, I've, yeah. saw, I've seen episodes of Ballers, but I really have no, I didn't really, I don't remember him in it, I guess. And I didn't really pay attention to the show. I got that's honestly, okay. I didn't really give much attention to that show. Okay. But I know that's one of his early roles, or his first role, or something like that. This film was yeah. the first time I really watched him, really had an experience with him on screen. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't get around the fact this dude sounds like Denzel Washington. And it, it just took me away from whatever character he was trying to portray. You know, it, it, uh, it kind of muddied that up a little bit. And the movie, to me, was... Um, I, I don't know. It, it was just uh, a little lame to me. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get nothing from it. You know. Uh, it, it, I, now I felt this as far as Black Klansman. I felt Adam Driver is his name. Uh this, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the dude from a uh, marriage, uh, the marriage story, right? Yeah. I don't think his name is Adam Driver. <laughs> you sure? I think it is. Let me hold on. Let me check. But anyway, look while you look that up. But the guy who played uh, the actual Klansman, you know, um, undercover guy, undercover Klansman, whatever. Mm -hmm. I um I liked him, but I felt that actually the movie was really more of 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 his film. It, it, the, sto the story was more him. He was the one undercover. He was the one really kind of posing as the Klansman, you know, while. Yeah. Uh, Ron Stallworth, John David Washington's character was he was pretty much over the phone, mm -hmm. you know, as the guy and as the, the black security for David Duke, you know, in that capacity, you know, you, you saw the undercover elements of it that made the movie attempt to make the movie interesting, but um, you know, I, I I didn't I didn't get that from yeah Adam Driver is his yeah. name, yeah. um his 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 role actually was more of the Black Klansman element to it than John David Washington's was, in my opinion. That's know? interesting. I didn't, I, I didn't see it like that. You know? Yeah. I mean, he, he was essentially the undercover Klansman in the movie that, that I that I identified with having the undercover responsibility to kind of pull this story along than John David's role was, which was primarily over the phone. And like I said, he signed too much like his dad. And, that took me away from the movie. It, I didn't enjoy it. You know, I just, I didn't, I didn't get none from it. Yeah, I, I think because I watched uh, Ballers, the um, the similarity that, that you heard, I heard that when I first watched Ballers and the more that I was seeing him, the less I was hearing it. So by the time I got to Black Klansman, that wasn't something that I that I was hearing too much of. I heard it. I definitely heard it. You could hear 
uh, especially when he says certain words, you can hear his dad's voice clear as day. But I was able to like get past that real quick. Excuse me, because of the fact that I know who this is and and like I'm familiar with his work. Um, which speaking of, I'm really disappointed that Tenet has not come out yet. Um, because I was I was I'm dying to see him in that movie even though they they did say today that um that's supposed to actually come out i think september 4th now as a new date for that one um so we'll see right i think i think he has a promising career i think he has a promising career i i I know um i do know that that the similarities that you hear in his voice uh to his dad is prominent though it is it is prominent. Well, like I said, that was my first experience with him. I I didn't really have much to judge him on outside of that. And that was my, my first experience was this dude has the 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 vocal uh the, the vocal uh resemblance of his dad. And it, it was really distracting in that in yeah. that movie. You know. So, you know, whatever. Um he got him an Oscar. You know, that was his first yeah. Oscar win. Yeah. Came out of that one. That's what's up, you know, for him. <laughs> but uh but no, but my point is the best Spike Lee movie, right? Before mm-hmm. this one, because the Five Bloods was was, you know, as we'll get into later. But I would say one of the, the better Spike Lee movies was Inside Man. That was like what, fourteen years ago? So Yeah. It, 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 you know, like I said, I didn't enjoy Chirac. I didn't enjoy Blood Clansman. Then we mentioned uh, Red Hook Summer and and Sweet Blood of Jesus or whatever. Like, you no, know, Spike was bricking a whole lot up until this one. So, with that said, are you ready to drop a trailer, man? Or you got anything you want to add to this? For sure. Let's um, let them hear this trailer. Yeah, let's let them hear the trailer. All right, the Five Bloods, Spike Lee. Uh, Delroy Lindo, the great Delroy Lindo, and uh, a few more others we'll get into. So, you know, check out this trailer. We'll be back with it. Black GI, is it fair to serve more than the white Americans that sent you here? Nothing is more confused than to be ordered into a war to die without the faintest idea of what's going on. I dedicate his next record to the Soul Brothers of the 1st Infantry Divisions. Be safe. Gentlemen, welcome back to Vietnam. Look at that Dirty man in all his glory. Who was that guy? That brother was the best damn soldier that ever lived. Hey! I have no place to stay. Hey! We bury it. Later on, we come back and collect. I shall resign the presidency. Being back here, it is not easy. Now the time has come 
broken man. So what, you blaming yourself? You don't even know. No! been dying for this country from the bad kids. Now the time is There are things to real We give this goal to our people. Hold on! In my line of work, I have to be very careful. And that means knowing exactly who I am in business with. Five Bloods of Spike Lee Joint, the latest Spike Lee Joint, uh, came out in June. It's on Netflix, starring, like I said earlier, starring Delroy Lindo, uh, Jonathan Majors, Clark Peters, uh, Norm Lewis, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., uh, a, a face I hadn't seen before, uh, Melanie Tahiri, I believe I named if I'm saying that right. Uh, and a few others, man. Just, just, a, just a real solid cast, a real solid film. Showing my hand early because I, you know, I just want to go ahead and just get right to it. Just showing my hand a little early. I like this movie. This is, uh, without a doubt, uh, what was Spike's best movie in over a decade. This, this movie brought him back mm-hmm. to me. Um, to that, to that conversation. I mean, last, last few films, like I said, you know, he's been in the midst of the conversation, and you know, it's kind of been hit or miss, more miss, I would say. This one is a solid return to that uh, Spike Lee form that he's known for the, the great master storytelling that only Spike Lee can tell. It was classic Spike Lee in every way. What you expect from Spike Lee, he delivers it in every way. And it's it's also a fresh approach. It's classic Spike Lee, you know. It's classic Spike Lee, but it, it has a relevant uh, tone and message for today. So, uh, yeah. just getting into the synopsis as far as what we do. This is uh, four black veterans, man. Four black Vietnam veterans return back to Vietnam in today's time to uh, reclaim. The body of their um, their uh, their fallen leader, squad leader, who died in Vietnam, which was uh, in the seventies, and uh, they go back to reclaim it. And in addition, they're also looking for some gold. They found some gold, like millions of dollars. I don't, I don't actually have the number, but it's like millions of dollars worth of gold bricks that they came across during their tour in Vietnam. That they also buried forty some years ago. Um, yeah. when they uh, was over there. So they go back and it's almost like they are reliving through the film the experiences of Vietnam that are related to the experiences they're having today. And you got, uh, you know, you got your, your Trump hate because, you know, Spike hates uh, Donald Trump. Yeah. And, you know, his last few projects, you've been seeing that he has an issue with Donald Trump. It's, <laughs> it's, it's visible. Um, it was visible on Black Klansman. It's pretty visible on this one. I don't have a problem with it. You know, he's a filmmaker. 
that's what filmmakers do. You express yourself through your art. So I don't have an issue with that. Um, but yeah, you, you, you got, uh, like I said, you got different walks of life that, that these four men have met back up with. And uh, that, that, that those walks become evident in those differences and those uh, different tones of personality have their clash in the Vietnam jungles as they're, you know, pursuing the body of their fallen leader and brother uh, played by Chadwick Boseman. Very, uh, a small but powerful role from, from, from Chadwick Boseman in this one. You don't see a lot of them, but you see enough of them. I'll say it like that. Right. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a long one, man. But you don't feel it. It's two over two and a half hours. But 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 Spike Lee does well. What what Martin Scorsese also does well. He gives you a lot of material, and he and he and he, and he gives it to you in doses you can take. He flows. It flows. You know, yeah. it's 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 a good strong narrative that doesn't you know it doesn't it doesn't let you. It doesn't let you know it's long. You know, you don't feel it. Say, you know, so right, right. So, um, so yeah, yeah man, that's our pacing. story. He's had great pacing with his work. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, your thoughts on it, man? Let me let me stop my babbling, bro. Go ahead with you, with your uh, with your approach. Uh, so I love I love this film. I I really did, especially for the fact that they um, that he told it from the perspective of black Viet. Um, but black veterans i'm sorry um from the vietnam war that that was that was very interesting that was a great perspective um i will say the thing that kind of i guess weirded me out because i don't understand the purpose of it um so maybe this is where you can help me out with this um why is it that uh um i forgot what his character's name was uh delroy um uh, paul paul why was he a uh a, a trump supporter uh well he had ptsd you know I, I think the way spike was handling his character i'll put it like this uh, from from what i interpreted from spike's depiction of him he was um a victim of ptsd for sure and and i believe trump excuse me uh spike was linking his his trump support to his ptsd illness he was he was he was trying to articulate it as uh paul's uh, approach to america okay um which was you know build the wall type shit yeah was uh and was 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 a result of his his mind you know his experience in vietnam basically his ptsd okay which uh which i think t ties into spike's trump bias his trump hatred <laughs> you know he, yeah he, he really much linked his uh and this is my interpretation you ask me so that's yeah. my interpretation yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. else may see it totally different <laughs> yeah but um i think that spike was trying to show somebody who had been uh beaten down by America, who had lost a lot of faith in America, who had become detached from uh, any hope, I guess, or any uh, uh, optimism as far as America is concerned, 
you know, Paul's character kind of represented that, like somebody just kind of let let go of any hope in this country. And that's what a lot of people believe uh, Donald Trump played on was the ignorant and the, those who uh, were of the, the uh, quote unquote silent majority of this nation, right. you know, those who felt like their land was being taken from them and, you know, they got to take back their country, that type of shit. You know, that's who <laughs> Trump apparently appeals to. Yeah. And I think uh, Spike was loosely associating Paul with that identity, you okay. know, which is, you know, again, some bias, but, you know, I liked it. I like what he did with that shit. You know, yeah. I like the way he, he created it. So that was my approach. That's my answer to that. That's okay. why he was a Trump supporter. I think it was as a result of his P PTSD. Okay. <laughs> okay. That, 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 that makes sense. I, I can rock with that. Yeah. I can rock with that. Um, the other thing that kind of threw me off as well, um, the, the flashbacks. So mm -hmm. flashbacks, they were, they were the, their same characters, Paul, Otis, Eddie, Melvin. Um, they were their, their present day um, selves in flashbacks. Yeah. With That's a choice Spike made um, as, as the director. And I like the fact he made that choice. I, I thought that yeah. was, that was, that was a, there was a statement in that. Now, I, there was also an economic factor to that. And uh -huh. I kind of got that from, uh, from some of the articles or some of the reviews I read about the movie after I watched it. Uh -huh. Is that, uh, you know, he didn't, he, he had money. I mean, he had Netflix money. Netflix would back a truck up to your ass. Oh yeah. So um, he had money, but I think he chose not to go the the route Scorsese went with uh -huh. uh, the Irishman with the de aging shit. Oh yeah, he did. He yeah. chose not to go that route, and I think a lot of that was economic, man, because that that cost. Um, well, yeah. Uh, Scorsese and them guys to do that with the Irishman, and it really wasn't all that necessary. It didn't pay off. It didn't. It did it. You know, it didn't. It didn't make the film anything more. Uh, uh, in any, you know, better or worse, so to speak. You know, it was more of a novelty, I guess. Yeah. And, um, Spike didn't go that route with this. He could have, I believe, but he chose not to go that route. But I think that artistically, and I think as far as just a, a communication mm -hmm. um, that you can get from that, is that it, 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 it showed you, it gave you the impression that these men were reliving this shit, even though you're watching it in a flashback sense. You're seeing their current state, you know what I'm saying? Because that's currently where they they, they where they are. You know what right. I mean? They're still they're still reliving that shit. That's that's the whole PTSD experience. Is that their present selves are still reliving that past moment over and over again. And and that's what that's why I guess I was comfortable watching it. I mean it is it is kinda odd to see. It catches your attention. It's it's a it's a uh, uh blazing uh visual you know, jerk, so to speak. You know what I mean? That okay, these motherfuckers are in a flashback situation. You know, the the Storm and Norman character is young as hell. He's his present self for that moment. But you got these dudes a middle age, uh, in that middle age state in this flashback scene. You don't see shit like that, you know. Yeah. But I, Spike did it and it worked. And I think it was experimental to some extent, knowing Spike, but it was also budget <laughs> that kind of worked to me i thought it worked so would you would you have 
as a director, would you have taken that route over casting younger actors? Because of the aging thing, I think I think you and I can g- agree on that. I, I'm not big on the de-aging thing at all. He did utilize that a little bit with the with the uh, uh, the photos. Um, I think it was like two photos. Yeah, a couple of photos. Showed. Yeah. yeah. Um, then they, then, the, then the, the flashback footage was uh, 16 millimeter footage. You know, yeah. You, you notice the, the tone change in the, in the film. Yeah, which, um, which, I, which I loved. Right, I love that. Right. I love that. Um, but would you have chosen the route of using those guys? Honestly, I probably wouldn't have did that. I probably would have went the route you're kind of leaning towards as far as uh, casting some younger actors. Yeah. But I I don't I guess I'm not as bold or as uh uh I mean I don't I wouldn't put myself in this, in, in at all in the same conversation with a Spike Lee you know mm-hmm. I, I don't think that that that's even realistic for me to do that so I looking at Spike and what he did I like what he did I, I think there was an artistic approach to that I honestly believe that. There was some financial shit too, don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, but I think that the way he did, the reason why he didn't go the, the casting the younger actor route was intentional to some extent. Um, okay. And it, it made a statement that those scenes, even though they were flashback, with them being their current selves, their middle-aged selves, I think it kind of made a statement that that's something they always live with. They live with those moments. Those moments was just as real to them as old men, as as when they were living them out and experiencing them as soldiers. Which know. that interpretation, I could, I could, that would make more sense to me. Um, That's what made it okay with me. And that yeah. could be because yeah. I'm, lean, I'm, a, I'm a Spike Lee guy when it comes to film, his filmmaking. That could be a bias. Yeah. But I, I just kind of approached it from that point of view. I, I was cool with it. I, it didn't bother me. Watching, and, the, and, and I, I actually kind of read about that before I watched this movie. I was slow to get okay. there because I was shitty on Spike. You know, I, I, you know, I was, yeah. I was kind of on like, man, you know, I'm not fucking with Spike right now. I think I made that kind of. You did. You said that on yeah. show. Yeah. So, but you know, I deviated. Yeah. Yeah. In quarantine state, I deviated. I'm glad I did. And this movie deserved attention, man. This movie. Yeah. I wish I caught it early, you know. But um, but when I watched it, I, I had n- no issue with the choice he made to leave him in a, in an old state, like the older state in a flashback scene. I didn't have no problem with that because I felt there was a statement he was making with that. See, I think for me, because I'm like extremely literal, I'm extremely, extremely literal. So for me, that's one, that's, that's probably one decision I, I would have, um, I would have gone with, with um, that aspect was, would be have to would be at God I can't speak. I would have just gone ahead and casted younger actors. Right. Um, but well, I, I can, probably would have too. I I, I, I can too. yeah I I can understand the with, with your interpretation. I can see why why if that was if that was his intent with that that makes a ton of sense and I can rock with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking back now, it does make a ton of sense to do that. But I think for me, like just thinking about it, because like you said, it's shooting on sixteen millimeter, it's a flashback. It, it's it's um, their younger selves. Um, I I think 
that to me, because for for a casual viewer, that's no, they're not going to pick up on that. You know what I'm saying? And right. that was something that was just sticking with me the entire film. Like, why would he do that? Like that was that was my question the entire movie. Why is every flashback with them as old men with the young Norman, and and that was that was irritating me. It so, was a bold choice, man. It was bold. It was it wasn't a light choice, and yeah. that that's a choice that could have fucked this movie up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think a choice like that in the hands of another filmmaker probably would have fucked this movie. Yeah, but I like the way Spike handled it and the tone, the just the 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 um, I'm just gonna say spiritual, right? Because I have mm-hmm. no other word used, but or energy. But the energy of the movie was very reminiscent. It was very retro. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. it was it, had, it was men who were pretty much going back in time, literally. Right. right. And and I think if that element, if Spike didn't create that element so well which he did then that shit wouldn't have worked you know it wouldn't have worked that that choice but he established i mean even even with uh which was which was another great character uh paul's son delroy lindo's character paul his son you know um played by jonathan majors his name was david right Mm -hmm. the david character Right. Just the element that he brought to it is just that, you know, he was a young, he, it was almost like he was fulfilling that fifth blood, so to speak, ceremoniously. Yes. You know yes, what I mean? For sure. It was like that fifth blood. He was a young cat, didn't know shit about the Vietnam War, was not in any way, barely thought about or whatever, wasn't even born at that time. Um, like like he, like the character said, I don't even know how to shoot a gun. I think at one one point in the film towards, mm-hmm. towards the end, he was like, man, I, don't, I ain't never shot a gun before. It was like, that that represented like us, yeah. You know, yeah. he was that that extension um, of the old into the new. That's learning this shit, you know, in the thick of it, in the middle of this shit. We're learning as we go. So yeah, his character kind of represented. That. I know I'm getting real psychological with the shit. That nah, I love it, man. You know, that's what I do, man. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I liked it, man. I liked it for those for for several reasons, and I, I it was a couple of because I, I I wanted to read up on the film. I like to read up on, particularly Spike shit. You know, I like to read what the critics say about a movie after I watch it. Right. Right. Two um, reviews I came across were uh, actually out of the British press, uh, the the publication, The Guardian, and I think the other one was the BBC. Both of them are really good reviews. Now, one of them, uh, like I said, from The Guardian, uh, the guy's name is Mark Kermode, um, white guy. He gave the movie three out of five stars, but the review was relatively flawless, so I don't understand what the three stars was about. But um, <laughs> he, he mentioned something in his review, though, uh, that um, that I didn't even think about, but I totally agree with, and I gotta give credit where credit is due. I don't wanna take his, his observation and shit. Mm-hmm. But um, he 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 paired this movie, or he he uh, kind of uh, likened this movie to Dead Presidents, which is one of my top favorite motherfucking oh. movies of all goddamn time, man. Like Dead mm-hmm. Presidents, Lawrence Tate, goddamn Chris Tucker, uh, yes. Clifton Powell, man. I mean, Dead Presidents. 
is one of if I would probably say my top twenty. I'm going to probably put it in. Now it might be higher if I put more thought into it. But in my top twenty, Dead Presidents is in that Hughes Brothers, right? That's yeah. all. Have you seen that one? Yeah. Actually, you know what? Uh, I think we talked about reviewing that movie on here before. We should. We should. Tim actually let me borrow his movie, his his DVD, and I watched that. Dead Presidents is one of my favorites, yeah. man. Just, yeah. just that, and, 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 as this guy mentioned, I, as as one of the things that I've always noticed and liked about this movie is what this particular reviewer for the Guardian mentions when he uh, mentions uh, compares it to the Hughes Brothers movie, like I said, Dead Presidents, which I totally agree with. It came out in '95. Uh, his quote is this: um, "Compare this to the Hughes Brothers." still underappreciated and i gotta stop and say i agree this movie was underappreciated grossly underappreciated man yeah. um underappreciated 1995 masterpiece dead presidents which painted a more vivid picture of the toxic legacy of vietnam shifting effortlessly from coming of age story to war is hell drama to heist thriller before climaxing into a cry of raw political outrage that seems to be more relevant today. You know, some pretty well said shit from professional motherfucker. Views <laughs> movies, right? I agree with that shit. <laughs> you know, I agree with that. This movie does have a have a uh, have a, a relationship to Dead President. That's probably why I like it so much. It, it and I don't like war movies, right? In general, right. I'm not really into like war. Movies. That's not a genre that appeals to me. Right. Um, that uh, saving private private Ryan shit and all that that, that <laughs> don't appeal to me, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, but this one does, and I guess there's a you know a relationship to it being black, a black story, but um, it's just a well, very well told story as well. It is. It and, is. Um, yeah, Spike got down on this one, man. There's yeah. a lot I can say about this movie. A lot yeah. I can say about this movie, but go ahead, man. Uh, take it, take it for a minute. No, I, I I agree with that. I think I think for me, I think that was actually the reason why I really loved it was because, like I said, um, it was a different perspective. Like, when's the last film that you've seen that's a war story that's from a black soldier's perspective? It ain't many. I can't recall. It ain't many. One one well, I've always said one of the best was their presence. The 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 uh the 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 criteria or the best whatever would be their presidents, Hughes brothers. They they were they okay. were yeah they were yeah. they were grossly underappreciated, as he said. I mean I agree with yeah. he, what he said with that comment. Yeah. And like I said, it made the movie uh even more personal to me when he made when that with that observation. Their president held it, but this one is 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 I would probably put uh, right up there with it. I mean, it's hard to say it's above it because both of them are just great movies, man. But um, this is definitely right up there with it. This is a double. That's a double feature for your ass. Dead Presidents, yeah, and the Five Bloods. That's yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's I would a double feature that. for you. Yeah, that um, that would that would actually that's a that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Well, idea. you know, we're gonna do that. You know, later on down the line, as far as you know, putting together screens and shit, but that's that's there later on down the line. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, um, let's talk about a lot of acting because we got a lot to cover with this. This movie was over two and a half hours. Yeah. And uh, like I said, you didn't feel it, man. But Del, uh, I, I don't want to talk about Del right now. Let's, let's, my man Whitlock, Isaiah Whitlock. 
Yes. Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Yes. He's a Spike Lee uh, frequent. You know, we see him in a lot of Spike stuff. You know, he, he's and he definitely is famous for what we saw in this movie that uh that extended uh <laughs> shit interpretation. <laughs> she. You know, Isaiah Whitlock, man, I, I like him. I like him. He, he brings a lot. He brings a lot of energy to anything. I, I think he was in a. I never. I know he was in a Atlanta. Man, the role he played in Atlanta, when uh, Earl. I think his name is Earl in the, in the show. Yeah, Earl got locked up. With the, oh, was he was a, in that. Man, <laughs> I, I forgot about that. I gotta the watch dude, Atlanta over the dude, again. The dude, the dude got, the dude got chops, man, as they say. Yeah. You know, the, the, he got that, he got that comedic element he brings to some shit. Um, solid in drama, good actor, man. I, I, he's been around for a while. I know I've seen him in a lot of stuff. He's not a new jet, you know. No. To to the anything, but um. But man, he works well with Spike. You know, I've seen him in in, in a couple of Spike's films and. And, and the stuff I've seen him, man, he, he's he's delivered. I liked him in this one. Um, the the other dude, I, I never really seen him before. Uh, the one who played the guy who went broke, um, uh, Eddie Norm Norm Lewis. Right. Yeah. I don't really. I know I've seen him, but I don't recall where I've seen him. He looks like somebody that we've we've seen some stuff before, man. But he he looks familiar. Uh, he looks like one of those guys that's um. That was from those BET movies or something. Mm. I, I don't, I can't place him either. I, I don't remember where I've seen him before, but he looks vaguely familiar, but not someone that I've seen in anything um, prominent. Yeah, I haven't seen him much, but I liked him in this. He was a little understated in this movie. Yeah. Um, the first to die. You know, but um, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that I was weird. I saw that guy. You know, you kind of saw. You could see that coming. You could. That's yeah, that's why. That's, that's what made it weird. That, yeah, that's that's what made <laughs> it. He because he was walking back like it was like a prolonged walking back, just talking, talking, trying to fill the space yeah. while he's walking back. I would have loved if he if if his um if his um speaking part. And that scene was just a little bit shorter. And if he was like maybe delirious a little bit or something like that, and just started walking and, and then boom. That that would have caught me off guard a little more than than this. I I what actually caught me off guard with that whole point was that uh I actually didn't think he was actually gonna be alive. Both legs and arms got blown the hell off. Hey. Well, he wasn't alive long. Not long, but I didn't expect <laughs> him to be that alive as long as he was. <laughs> yeah, that was that that was uh, wild, but nah, I, I, he he did a good job though. Yeah, well, I, I liked him, uh, and of course uh, the Red Hook Summer preacher. You know that that role fucked me up with him. We we talked about it that early. Uh, <laughs> Well, well, you got him. What's his? Uh, what's my man? Clark Peters. That's actually Clark Peters. Clark Peters. Yes. Yeah. Um, great role though. He was he was just kind of that that uh the the leader somewhat. You know he yeah real real hands on guy of the uh of the group had the opioid addiction. 
see, was it really an addiction or was he actually hurt? Because it looked like he was really hurting. Well, I mean, that's normally how it starts, you know, that you're hurting yeah. and shit. But, you know, you get addicted when you just start taking it just, just because. Well, um, yeah, yeah. It kind of gave the impression he had the addiction. I, I don't know. You're right. It, it wasn't that explicit, but um, I walked away with that he was addicted. Yeah, to me, he kind of looked like someone that was just uh, just starting to, to experience pain and yeah. just got put onto the pills. Um, so that that's why I asked, because it, it didn't really look like it was something that was... Um, it wasn't like something that he was hooked on. It was it like it was something that was needed because as soon as he, as soon as he dumped the the bottle of pills, he started like needing assistance with with a, a, a stick to act like a cane, right? You know, and 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 then it it progressed to two sticks because he couldn't he couldn't stand up straight he was hurting so much. Um, right. So that's why I think to me, it didn't, it didn't come across as an addiction, but more like a warning of what could happen if you overdo it. Right. I can, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. yeah it, it was pretty, it, was, it wasn't that explicit. You know, there, yeah. was, there was a little bit of conversation and it was implied I believe uh, I don't know which character Norm by Norm uh, Eddie Eddie's character, Norm Lewis's character, or uh, uh, Whitlock's character, but you know one of them kind of gave the impression that it could have been addiction. But you know that was that was one thing that uh, that kind of stood out with him, where he was the one with the with the oxycotton or whatever. And um, but yeah, uh, like I said, uh, Whitlock Jr. Norm Lewis, and what about my man uh, that played the son? He was good. Uh, David, uh, Jonathan Majors? Yes. He was good. He was good. I, 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 um, I, I, you know what? The, the scene with him that, um, that I think was probably his best uh, scene was when he was standing on that landmine. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could see, you could see the fear in his eyes. Like, I I was literally sitting here just like like tense, because I'm like, man, this 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 guy is done. Right. Um, that was a pretty strong scene. That, that was, was strong. That was a really good scene. That was strong. Um. Yeah, man. I I think even with that, I think it was it was interesting because you could see just how much Paul loved him, um, which was the which was the theme of of the film that he didn't love his son, um, that he just kind of like tolerated him a little bit, um, and then later on we figure out why we see why that that. Uh, was there is because his mom had a yeah, tough uh, delivery. Mom. Yeah. So she died during delivery. Um, but um, you could see that, that that whole thing just went to the side when, when his son was on the brink of death. And, and he, he, he fo- it was weird 
it, not weird, but it was very interesting that the man that has PTSD and that's um, sporadic and all over the place and, and very unfocused at times is the one that's helping him to focus on, on his breathing and to remember who he is, you know, and how strong he is and, and all of that just so mm-hmm. they could put that rope around him to, to pull him off. Um, it was very interesting that he was the one that was doing that. Right. The, the, he was the, he was the voice of reason right before he became um, erratic. Right. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that to me was very, very intriguing. Um, Cause as soon as he got his son off, that's when he, he just flipped. Right. He really flipped. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I like the I, way that his character was brought into uh brought into into the story. You know, he's this weird looking dude with the with the short sleeve shirt wearing the tie, which is always a goofy ass look when you got a short sleeve <laughs> uh dress shirt on with the tie and the the ball cap and the khakis, you know, so you really don't know what the hell you're dealing with. Like this dude, he kinda of, he looks like he might have a mental problem. Yeah. You know, but you know, you <laughs> You see, he's the absolute opposite of that. He's actually an educator, you know what I mean, right. Morehouse, man. But he, I like the way his character was introduced in, in a way where you really didn't know what this dude was on, you know, because he, he was almost blackmailing the dead. So he yeah. kind of came up, he could have been the villain. Yeah, you know, yeah. Of some, of some type in the story. So I, he, was a, he was a wild card character, and I like what Spike did with him. Yeah. With that, but a very well-played performance from him. I know he's, like I said, he's another one I know I've seen before somewhere, but I just can't recall. This work right here stands out the most. Yeah. Um, well, he's actually going to be in that 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 uh, show for HBO, uh, Love Country Craft, I believe. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it. Um, that's uh, it's a Jordan Jordan Peele uh show that's going okay. that's going to HBO. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think J.J. Abrams is helping him produce or something like that, but. Um, he's in that. Okay, he's in that. Yeah, he, and he's, that's uh, I, I, Jonathan Majors. Is yeah. His name. yeah, yeah, yeah. Great performance from that dude, man. I, I like what he did with this. But like I said, he because when you first are introduced to this character, um, like you, you, you don't know what where where this is going. You know, he's kind of somebody that you you figure out to be as a weirdo almost, yeah. but um, he's actually a pretty strong, pretty uh, pretty pivotal character to to them, you know, in this in this group. Right. So, um, you know, even towards the end, which we'll get to, I guess, eventually, as far as his role in the end. But uh, we can't get to that until we talk about the one who really held this movie down. Man, I gotta say, this is the best performance I've seen from him. And I like him, you know, uh, and, and a lot of his stuff before I saw him in this. But Delroy Lindo, yes. that damn West Indian Archie yes. <laughs> from Malcolm X. Yeah. That, you know, he he uh he he showed up with this man in a way that I wasn't expecting. I wasn't Did you expecting. say this was probably his best role? Best I've seen him do. Yeah. The best I've seen him do. Because I, I saw him, I never really saw him hold down a role before. I've seen him kind of uh supplement a lot of stuff. You know, he's kind of yeah. happy. He has a, and don't get me wrong, that's not a, a slight at all because he everything I've seen him, he's brought 
um, just this dominant performance too. But um, even his small role, like uh, I was talking to my son about him earlier today, and uh, he didn't recall him in um, Devil's Advocate, but he had a pretty powerful role in Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. Hey, he, was Diablo's, he was in Devil's Advocate? Yeah, my son didn't remember him in there either, but yeah, he was the witch doctor or some shit. That, That's uh, right. Yeah. Oh, man. Great performance. Yeah. You know, it was small, it wasn't that big, you know, but it was Delroy Lindo. It was like West Indian Archie was, was, was probably one of the better performances in Malcolm X. Next to Denzel, of course, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that that was a that was a a, a, a standalone performance. For, no, as far I, as I, I was I was highly impressed. I I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, take on more roles where he's the 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 villain. Like you could see touches of that with this. He's done a lot. I'm sure he has some doing. No, no, no. I'm saying like, like, not just like a guy that we see a little bit of. I'm talking you about mean like the villain of the film. The villain, yeah. Okay, I guess. Um, because um, I'm sure he's out there. Because Dilbert in the he's not. He's not like I said. He's he's not new to. He's, he's not around. new at all. We gotta. Yeah. We will have to. I'm sure there's something out there in that with him. You know, I will if there stuff is. Stuff I'm just remembering. Is just off the top of my head because he, but I've seen him in so I mean, like Romeo must die with Leah, he was her dad in that movie. That's yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you know, so he, he's that, and then I think he did he had a TV stretch for a while on some show on CBS. I don't, I've never watched, I can't tell you shit about it, but it's some show on TBS that I know he was a part of that I've seen him on. But uh, this to me, to go back to what you said, is the best work he ever did for that I've seen that I've been exposed to from him. Yeah. To the point where another article I read, uh, I think the BBC uh, mentioned that when it's time to have that conversation about best actor, that yeah. he's on the short list from this one. Oh, for sure. He's on the short list for best for actor. Sure. For sure. Especially when we're talking, so you're talking about like, when we're talking about for, uh, play Oscars? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Academy yeah. Award. Yeah, Academy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, of course. And, hands and, down. Yeah, hands down. I, 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 this, this, this five plus is the best movie I've seen in 2020. This is June, July. This is July. We in get it into damn near August. My mm-hmm. this is August. This is the best movie I've seen of 2020. Yeah. Um, best performance, Del Orlando of 2020. He is on the short list. He needs to be on the short list for best actor. Um. Yeah, he deserves that. The, the 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 range, man, the range, the emotion the man brought to this character, you know. Yeah. Um the relationship that 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 the dynamic the dynamic with his son. That yeah. that to me is Oscar worthy. The way he put the way that was played, you know, as far very well written. Um oh, for sure. as far as that dynamic between him and his son. And yeah. very well played between him and his son. That's the he I mean, I mean, because he, he Delroy is a dominant dude. He's been around a long time, mm-hmm. you know, as far as that. So he's got that dominant, you know, I'm a, I'm a vet in this shit, that confidence, right? Yeah. That, that normally, you know, kind of overpowers a, a, a guy like, uh, what's my man's name again? Uh, the plate, the son. Oh, uh, Jonathan Majors. Majors. Jonathan Majors. 
you know, normally, you know, a, a, a cat like that coming up towards that type of, uh, I guess, screen presence, you know what I mean? Because uh-huh. shit, Delroy just eats up the scenery, man. I mean, he just, yeah. that dominant black, angry black man shit, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, I liked it. You don't see it. I think we mentioned something about it in the last podcast we, we recorded earlier. Um, how that image is 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 kind of demonized. The yeah. angry black man image is, is interpreted. We talked about that, right? Yeah. How yeah. The, the angry black man image is kind of interpreted to be something to be scared of, or something that's threatening, when actually it's it's not always the case. Yeah. Um, Delroy kind of had that image. I was I, I'm just, I was just glad to see it on screen, man. I don't give a fuck if he's a Trump supporter or not. And it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned that because Delroy, I, when I was reading up on this movie. Um, Delroy as an actor, the actual Delroy Lindo challenged Spike on that. Really? He didn't want to. He didn't want to uh, interpret that with this particular character. But um, the script, you know, Spike being Spike, you know, showed him in the script where it made sense to the story. And you know, he had to, he actually had to kind of be coached into 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 that that part of the character as far as the Trump supporting shit. But yeah, I can tell you it wasn't sense. it wasn't one of the the actual hats though. That hat actually fit. Like it did it wasn't that stupid <laughs> little three point thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the most ignorant hats right. I've ever seen. Um right. but yeah, that, that was that was um it was interesting. It was interesting. They 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 did a lot with with that. Um, symbolically, they did a lot right. with that. Right, right. That yeah, the hat was a character almost in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but yeah, man. I mean, I mean, just like the 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 the, the interpretation of a black man with PTSD and what comes with that. Yeah. Um, flawlessly interpreted by 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 Delroy Lindo in this movie, very well handled by Spike. Like I said, some of the best directed scenes, the camera movements, man, the the, the up close, right. in your face, up close personal shit that he did with him in this movie, man. It was Spike Lee, man, in, in, in all his glory. It was Delroy Lindo, man, and some of the shit, I, it's some of the best work I've ever seen. Definitely something he needs to be recognized for. Yeah, Spike, Spike was showing off on this one. He he, yeah. he was he was showing off because um the 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 monologue that Delroy had toward the end um while he's looking straight into the camera and broke that fourth wall. I, I love that. Yeah, that's but that's signature shit. Yeah, I but mm-hmm. I love well see and the, the signature shot that he he puts in his in his work where where the the characters are moving, like he's a, a that was called the floating shot at the end. Shot. Yeah, right. Well, I was actually expecting that a little earlier than when we saw it because I the entire I'm sitting there, I'm like, Where is that shot? Where is that shot? And I'm not seeing it. And and then when I saw where he utilized, I said, Oh, okay. But even at that point, it didn't, it didn't. Um, that's not where I would have thought he would have put that. I, I thought he would have put that where Delroy was walking through the jungle and he was. Especially when he when his when he uh, fell, like when mm-hmm. when the, the bag got caught up on a branch, mm-hmm. 
and he, he he fell that when he got up and started walking that's when i thought that that shot was going to be utilized right right because that was like well, you know it's one of those it's one of those things you know spice going to use it it's just a matter of you watching the movie and waiting for him to use it you know it's, yeah. it's almost like yeah. a, like a party experience with spike lee you know yeah um even the jump cuts the jump shots he likes to use oh yeah you know, it it was yeah. it was classic Spike. You know, you got all the Spike's little little signatures in this one. Yeah, no, I I loved it. There's I have no complaints about this movie at all. It's hard, man. I gave it five stars. It's hard yeah. to find something wrong with this. I I, I don't know. see anything wrong with it at all. Like I said, the dude from the Guardian, he gave it a whole damn review. I really didn't see what was where, where he criticized anything in the movie, but he gave it three stars. So I don't know what's up with that, but uh. I give it five. Uh, the BBC review I kind of quoted from that that mentioned Delroy Lindo as best actor material that gave it gave this film five stars. I I, I don't see how how anyone could say differently. But um, it's it's so much you know like I said it's so much. This is the movie you, you see. This is one of those films with Spike like you know Spike shit is is stuff you revisit right over and over again. Yeah. So this is one of those ones. And I'll say that there's a lot to be said that we're probably not going to be able to get to as we wrap this up. But uh, Delroy Lindo, man, is 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 very impressive. Uh, Jonathan yes. Majors, Clark Peters, Norm Lewis, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. I haven't heard of the white girl too much. Melanie, I, I might have said her name wrong earlier. Melanie Tahiri or Thaiiri, Thaiiri, uh, something of that nature. I haven't seen her before, but I got a feeling she is one of those ones that we talked about earlier that that we'll see a lot of as a result of of her work with Spike. I think so. You know, she, so. she 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 was uh, she was pretty good in this one. Yeah. You know, Paul Walter House. I think he played. Uh, I just saw him. I think in uh, in some shit about uh, Richard Jewell, the bomber, the Olympic bomber. I think that's him. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure that's him, and that was from that role. Yeah. So, you know, pretty strong cash, you know, some others in here. Um, you mentioned earlier the theme of um, the movie, you know, some, some of the themes of the movie that, that there's a lot of themes, you know, you got the father-son conflict, you got the PTSD shit, this, you, got, uh -huh. you got all kinds of stuff Spike touches on. And one thing that was very interesting he touched on was the domestic situations those soldiers left in Vietnam, you know. Yeah. Um, and, um, Clark Peters' character, Otis, Otis was his character yeah. in this one. You know, he had a daughter over there, you know, and that kind of goes into that's a, a reality that a lot of those black soldiers went over there and got wrapped up with the Vietnam women. And her, in this case, it was a whore. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you got a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of half soul, soul Viet Cong babies over there. Yeah. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> have black become babies over there that uh, came as a result of you know the, the yeah. brother spent time over there. I like that he touched on that. I like yeah. that uh, Spike yeah. depicted that. That was that was uh that was pretty interesting, man. Very 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 unique touch to a story like this. We don't see that story often. Totally. No, no. Uh, There's uh, a lot of them over there, man. That's have black. That kind of that kind of grew up, you know, without their fathers. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That that that's something. Um, 
that is definitely a story that I, I know I have not seen portrayed. Mm-hmm. Not not to say it's, it never has been, but that's I've never seen it. So it, it was good to see something different. It was a new angle. It was a new angle. Yeah. Definitely a new angle to the Vietnam That was story. good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, the five bloods. We can go on a little while longer with this, but it was 1053, and, you know, we got plantation jobs and shit. At least I do. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, man, I'm going to wrap this and, and just tell everybody out there, it's on Netflix. It's pretty accessible to you, you know, if, you, if you're at the crib doing the quarantine thing like most of us are, man, check that one out. Yes. Definitely an enjoyment. Definitely the best movie I saw this year uh so far 2020 and um man just just a, a phenomenal performance from delroy lindo it's worth checking out and uh, they talking about oscar buzz not only for delroy but for spike on, on this one. Oh, he both of them deserve at minimum yeah. nomination right fuck the oscars it's always gonna be fucked the oscars over yeah. here with me yeah but, uh, i don't even watch the oscars if you're gonna acknowledge somebody then yeah acknowledge acknowledge this this, yeah. this is one of those ones yeah, no, the, the, they they deserve it. Five stars over here, man. Yeah, I I give it five as well. And it's good to say something good about Spike Lee movie. Dude. I, I, you know, I know, I know you're happy about that. I'm I'm glad. I don't want to shit on Spike. That's you know, yeah. Tyler Perry. It's, it's kind of fun shitting on his stuff. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> you know? I like Tyler as a person. He's cool as a, as a person. But you know, there's there's recreation and shitting on Tyler shit. Nothing personal towards the Tyler fans. It's just. <laughs> It's my approach to the movie, <laughs> but I don't well, enjoy. I don't enjoy when when Spike breaks, man. I don't like it when when Spike breaks. Yeah, I I don't I don't enjoy that either. No, I don't. I don't fuck around with that. But this is a return to Spike, man, in in all of his glory, masterpiece type shit. Uh, we'll see what this other shit he's got doing. It's, it's some Broadway. Uh, I ain't gonna call it shit just yet. He's got a Broadway something <laughs> coming up. This year, that's in production, so we'll see how he follows this up. He's working heavy, man. I'm glad to see that, man. Spike is, I think, a little past 60 at this point. Yeah, 60 yeah. plus. Getting thrown out of Nick games, too. He's doing yeah, it all. He's, he's, still, he's still a rowdy motherfucker, man. <laughs> you know, I love that about him. Like I said, I, I just uh, I just wish, my biggest complaint, Spike can do what he want to do with his money and his time and who he wants to cast. I'm not even, I don't have an interest in that you know, too much no more. But I would like for Spike, if I could just say something to him, if any freak freak chance he hears me say this shit, <laughs> um, I would just say, man, don't don't worry about Hollywood no more, man. Don't go chasing yeah. for them and their money. Don't go bitching and moaning about what they don't do for us. And all. Let man kill that, you know, yeah. please let's get away from that and just use your influence to tell the stories you want to tell. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Because you Spike Lee, there's nothing in the world that if Woody Allen can go out here with all the shit that's on his name and still generate internet, and I know there's a difference between Woody <laughs> Allen socially and Spike Lee. Don't hit me with that shit. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do believe that Spike Lee has a name in the world that people will invest in. I'll just say it like that. For sure. I believe that, man. For sure. I got that kind of faith in the brother. And I just wish he would come from that angle instead of pointing so much um, just potent criticism <laughs> at, a, at, a, at, a, at an institution which has been built on demonizing us. You know, the Hollywood machine, which I give no fuck about. 
Right. But you know, anyway, with all that said, the five bloods is on Netflix. Stream it, man. Anything Please. else you got for him, D? Uh no, outside of that, no. Um well I do want to say congratulations to uh Yara Shahidi. Um she just inked a um last week they they announced she um she signed with uh ABC. Um, I heard about that. Yeah, she signed with them. I think to do a producing uh, role with them or something like that. Um, she it was it's an overall deal to do something with ACD, uh, ABC, but also she launched her own production company. Her and her mom, I think. Her and her mom. Yeah. So that. yeah, that that um, I'm excited to see what she's gonna do uh, with that, um, and what different stories she's gonna be able to tell. Because I I I I actually I I love Blackish. I haven't watched the 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 um, I think the. Black as fuck. We need to talk about that. Have we talked about that? We have not spoken about blackish, but I I, I like that oh, show. Black as fuck, not blackish. Oh no 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 no. I, okay. I I have not watched that. I, I, it's on Netflix. From, yeah, from what from what I I've seen, I'm not. Or from yeah. what I've heard, I'm not interested in watching it. Okay. Um, but, but she has to deal with ABC, her and her mom, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and. I have and I'm, I'm, much love, I'm, man. I mean, yeah. big, big congratulations to her. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see what she's gonna do. And the other young lady who uh, works with her on that show is uh, doing oh, big things. As she's a, a beast. She's I think a her beast. Marseille Martin is her name. Yeah, she's got her own company already. I think at like what she's like 14 or something like that. Yeah, right. she, she's young, but she she's uh she's got some type of production. Yeah, her work. Yeah, so yeah. hey man, that's, that's that's big things. All right, yeah, well, much yeah. respect and yeah. uh, big congratulations. Well, I want to give a little shout out to something I came across uh, real quick. Uh, a group I came across in Newark. It's uh, called the New Like Newark Moonlight Cinema. Uh, yeah. It's a pop up drive in movie experience in Newark, New Jersey. I think I read an article about it on there. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff they're doing, they uh, actually uh, running. Matinees, uh, not a matinee, but a uh, a, a film a festival type of thing. Pretty much all of Queen Latifah's movies, or some really? of them, because she's from Jersey. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's a black owned, it's a it's a black owned uh, pop up drive in theater experience in Newark, New Jersey, man. And you follow them on Instagram. I think it's called. Uh, you can look them up in Newark Moonlight Cinema. They're doing big things and. I was just kind of glad to see that when I came across it. I actually invited them on the podcast so we can talk to them about their, uh, you know, their adventure and just movies in general. You know, there's some of the people I've invited on the podcast. I don't get much response from motherfuckers though, man. And when I <laughs> invite them, I think it's because we so new, man. You know, we, we, we relatively new and, you know, I say shit like motherfuckers, so I know that, that might drive certain certain That's people away. Good. But I, you I, know what? I, if you're in get, this, I, I want to get guests on the show, man. Just bro, saying. if you're in this industry, that language is not different. That's not new. You I know, know, man. I know. I'm just yeah. Yeah, yeah that that's 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 old stuff. I I, yeah. I think. Um, I'll I'll talk to you about that off off uh All right. <laughs> off here. What what we can do to to change that? Because we we've gotten we've done that with other shows. Okay. So yeah yeah. And, uh, 
said, we uh we reached out, we re I reached out to them and they they gave me a, a little bit of response. So we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, I, I just found it interesting and I wanted to, you know, give them a shout out because I like seeing shit like that. You know, it's 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 a black owned movie experience and uh it's in Newark, New Jersey. So if we have any listeners that's that's in that area, man, check them out. You know, I'll talk to them on it, you know, get a little get a little feedback on what that's like up there with them. For Maybe. sure. For sure. Shoot, Newark, New Jersey. That's where I'm from. I was born in Newark, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. City. All right, man. Well, it's another one for the books, D. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good to be back, man. I appreciate it's, it's good. it. Good. So we'll be back with another one. Like, look for Jungle Fever. Look for that Tupac filmography. We got about five more Tupac movies we're reviewing and yeah. discussing, rather, all the Pac's films. So uh, look for that. And uh, we'll be back with another one, man, next week. No Chase Film Society. I'm done with it. Watch a damn movie.